Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. Okay, so this December, I'm going to be doing a very special, like, series on Too Much to Say, and um, it's going to be called True Crime Christmas. So this is the first episode of that, and I wanted to share some stories that I found especially intriguing uh, in the true crime world um, through the lens of my investigative brain, which, you know, and, you know, I'm not like a massive true crime fan. I don't... Like, it's, it's interesting, and there's a lot of media to consume about it, but there's this episode of South Park where they refer to murder porn, which is, like, all these, like, housewives sitting at home watching these horribly grisly shows about these awful murders, and I don't really like stuff like that. Like, I don't want to hear about how somebody, like, brutally um, sexually assaulted a child. Like, I don't really want to hear true crime about that it's um upsetting and i just don't and i especially don't want to watch like made up shit about that anymore because it's like okay well there's enough of this shit in the world why make up a pedophile like for entertainment that just feels weird and when it comes to stuff like mass shootings and all of that i think there's so much emphasis put on the person who did the shooting like the murderer And I don't really give a shit about him, you know, or, well, I'd say her, but it's like literally always a him. Um, I don't give a shit about that because, you know, they killed somebody and they killed a lot of people. And I just don't know if they deserve to go down in history. Isn't that kind of what they wanted? Wasn't that the fucking point? And giving it to them just feels stupid. And I just don't like true crime of that nature. 
But there's some especially interesting stories that I found while I've been on tour with All Time Low. We had a lot of hours in the car, and so I was always finding podcasts that I found interesting. And uh, I wanted to share this one, which is about the Murdoch family from South Carolina. And it is a fascinating story with so many twists and turns. And the craziest part about it is it's still developing as we speak. So this is a very current case. It's... um been stacking up since 2015, but it's like reaching this crazy huge climax where I think we're about to sort of find out what happens. So it's like a movie in real time. First of all, I want to shout out Mandy Matney from Fitz News. Uh, She is a um, local to South Carolina who does this podcast called The Murdoch Murders. She's investigated it at length, um, reported on it very honestly since the very beginning and has done a lot of work and I would not be able to make this episode without her podcast. So I highly recommend checking that out because I'm going to give you a summary of these events. But when I tell you there's so much more to every aspect of the story that I can't fit in on today's episode, I freaking mean it. So we're going to start with the history of the Murdochs, and this is all uh, based around Alec Murdoch. And it's important to note, as Mandy does in her podcast as well, a lot of people call him Alex Murdoch, and that's not his name. His name is Alec Murdoch. And it doesn't make any sense, much like the rest of the story, but if you hear someone call him Alec Murdoch or Alex Murdoch, then they don't know what they're talking about, and that's not a good source. Alec Murdoch. So he's a disgraced attorney from South Carolina. He's had murders piling up around him from 2015 up until 2021. There hasn't been many proper investigations until recently. And it ended with what you may have heard about in the news recently, which was a um, botched stage suicide that Alec had committed um, against him by a hitman in order to cash in on $10 million of insurance money. So spoiler alert, that's what happens. But the in-between is absolutely nuts. So in Hampton County, South Carolina, which is a very, very small, um, rural, impoverished place, it's really sad. Um, It is the 10th poorest of South Carolina's 46 counties. It has a median household income of $26,000. Household, not singular, $26,000 to raise a fucking family on. And the U.S. average is 39000 which is also really not that much. Unemployment is 7.8% in Hampton County compared with 6% statewide. And um, it's just very bizarre because this is an incredibly wealthy family living in a county and ruling over this county that is just doing terribly for everybody else. It's a very let them eat cake sort of situation. So three generations of Murdoch's held the position of 14th Circuit Solicitor from 1920 until 2005. And uh, the county solicitor is, um, it's a similar position to an attorney general, but South Carolina is very weird and they have, um, they have a thing called SLED, and that's like their investigative um, branch, sort of. Like, I mean, it's called the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division. It doesn't really make sense, but it's the state police. So normally we just, in every other, you know, state, we'd have the state police, but South Carolina has SLED. So the Murdochs were running Hampton County's legal system from 1920 until 2005, and they made all of their money off civil lawsuits. And were able to both have um, this 
like a uh, law um, law office, but also be the attorney general's like overlooking it or the count uh, circuit solicitor. And after 2005, they kind of set it up, I believe. So Duffy Stone, who's a really, really good friend of the Murdoch family um, and a huge ally, he took over. So just the fact that for almost a hundred freaking years, a Murdoch was running the legal system there is insane. So they made all their money off of civil lawsuits and here's how they did it. Um, okay. In one particular year alone, 610 civil suits were filed in Hampton, more than twice the number filed in similarly sized South Carolina counties. Much of this is due to PMPED, which is the Murdoch's law firm. And, uh, they get a lot of the referrals of the hundred jury cases currently on the Hampton County roster at the time of this article, um, which I'll link below, uh, 71 were filed by this firm. So 70 out of a hundred were filed by his firm. And, uh, at least 31 of those involve very distant defendants like, um, pharma companies, Ford, Sears, Monsanto, um, all of these very like big companies being sued by this very tiny county in South Carolina. Um, and then there's a very frequent defendant called CSX, which is a Richmond, Virginia based rail company. And they have tracks that run through Hampton. Um, they make occasional stops there just to uh, unload freight, which is a transaction of business. Uh, just because they operate in that county. And so that's how they get away with this shit is because they have a law there um, where any transaction of business in the county by a company means that you can like sue them in that county, which is severely rigged because of the Murdoch family. So it's like a, a solid win in a civil case. So for the railroad company specifically, um, PMPED in 10 years filed four dozen personal injury cases against CSX and, um, since 1995, and this is a rather old article as well. Um, uh, CSX paid 18.8 million in verdicts and settlements. So there's many more millions on top of that now. Um, it's just crazy. There's now 17 cases at the time of this article being written pending against CSX and Hampton out of 48 statewide, but only two involved incidents that actually occurred there. So when I say like, it's just because the train, the train tracks run through Hampton County, like nothing was happening in Hampton County. It's just like, so something could have happened in California or anywhere else that CSX had railroads, but they would sue them there. Um, this is a perfect example of something that happened in Hampton County that they were able to take advantage of this, um, this very bizarre law. So basically any company that has land does business in any particular County in South Carolina are liable to be sued by a law firm from that County, regardless of the endurance or grievance took place locally or somewhere else altogether. Oh, like a woman rolled her GMC Safari van and suffered head injuries. She brought on PMPED and filed a suit against Michigan-based General Motors and an Ohio-based Cooper Tire and Rubber in Hampton County, 90 miles from where she lived and 350 miles from the Tennessee town where the accident took place. The legal nexus products by GM and Cooper Tire are sold in Hampton. So very bizarre. And because of this, Walmart refuses to 
um, put a Walmart in Hampton County. And so these people have to drive an hour to go to a Walmart and there's only very like small bizarre businesses to serve this County because of this law. And so, um, there's, uh, this is a comment on Reddit from somebody who lives in Hampton County. And they said at this point, anything would be an upgrade right now. Hampton has a food lion that is constantly running out of food, a piggly wiggly with a small selection and expired food and a place called Tootin's, which used to be called super duper. It's about the size of a gas station and has rotting meat in the cooler. That's what they're working with because of what PMPED is doing. And when I say that they're ruining the County for everyone who lives in it, they really are. And so, uh, Walmart, uh, about, 10, 15 years ago was going to put up a store in Hampton because of course they would, there's none for, um, an hour like distance away from it. And, uh, there was a lawyer who told Walmart that, uh, said that a store there would put the entire South Carolina operation at risk for PMBD's well, lawsuits. And so Walmart never built it in abandoned plans. It's absolutely insane. And so, um, Here's a, another fascinating example. One of the plaintiff lawyers involved in a mid-1990s medical malpractice case in Judge Smoke's courtroom. Judge Smoke is the like circuit judge and buddies with the Murdochs. So the people who are prosecuting or like handing out these civil lawsuits through PMPD are all buddies with Judge Smoke. Um, there's a, so it was in his courtroom and a jury awarded 14 million, 13 times the national average for an incident 70 miles away on Hilton Head Island. James D. Rhodes, a CSX claims investigator, recalls one 1999 case in which a Hampton jury awarded 1 million to a CSX employee who injured his back in Charleston. Rhodes says that there's probably three times the amount the plaintiff would have received in a different county. I would say it's an uphill battle for most defense lawyers there, said James E. Lady, a Charleston lawyer who has represented CSX and other companies there. And so it's just like, there's no reason that anybody would go to a law firm in Hampton County, a very small place without a fucking Walmart that's super poor and has nothing there. There's no industry except this one fucking law firm. And it's not like they're creating jobs because there's really only so many people that can work for a law firm which is actually a rather small law firm in the grand scheme of things. And so that it, they're literally just going to Hampton County cause they know that they'll win. They know that they'll get more money. And like, can you blame somebody who's been injured by the, um, on the job for, for wanting that? Probably not, but it's still fucking crazy because that's how the Murdochs have made all of their money. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into when the murders start. That is just collusion and abuse of power. And it gets real crazy from here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Okay, we are back with more on the Murdoch murders. Um, okay, we're going to get right into it. So all of this starts in 2015. Like the, the Murdochs already have a history of weird almost crime. I mean, they're lawyers. They definitely took advantage of the system, but nothing got really grisly until then. And this one is still probably the most, the, the most bizarrely investigated and, um, one of the weirdest ones. So in a neighboring County, Stephen Smith, who was a, um, a young boy in college, um, a young gay teen, he was found on the side of the road um, on Sandy Run Road in a neighboring county, and Highway Patrol investigated it. It's uh, Highway Patrol was immediately like, well, why are we investigating this? He has a gunshot wound to the head, and they uh, sled said that he was probably hit by a car's mirror, and it was a hit and run. Which makes no sense. There were no tire marks, no glass, no evidence that a car was even there and hit him. He just had a very large wound to the head that resembled a gunshot. And uh, they never looked for a bullet. And like, it was just, there was nothing done. It was only treated as a hit and run. Um, it was just very weird and there's a lot of interesting circumstances surrounding it. Steven didn't really have any enemies. He did have this one older man who was presumably some sort of sugar daddy situation who identified himself as Steven's boyfriend and Steven's entire family was like, this is not his boyfriend. And the guy had really like disjointed speech. Um, it's something that psychologists would call word salad where it's just like a bunch of words. They don't go together. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think the guy really was trying to help Steven, but had a really hard time communicating with officers and um, interviewers. So they did some questioning highway patrol did, and they immediately like found a bunch of people who were like, Hey, we don't know what happened, but we heard the Murdochs had something to do with it. And, um, just being like, you know, you just need to look into the Murdochs. Like that was what everybody he went to school with was saying. That's what all his best friends were saying. And that was a rumor going around. And this is all on tape in interviews that have now been released. So highway patrol is like, we don't know why we're doing this. They go to sled. They're like, Hey, you should put this under investigation for a homicide. Cause it was like, they just had it classified as a hit and run. And basically this woman who's working at sled was like, absolutely fucking not. She got really angry and was like, just shut it completely down. And Stephen Smith's family knows that there was foul play. I can't imagine 
as a law enforcement official ever saying that something was a hit and run when there's a gaping wound in his head and there's no like there's no glass there's it was at like two in the morning it it just and it was a very like quiet road it it just doesn't nothing added up and uh the murdoch name was brought into it and then that's when it started to be dropped frequent um theories surrounding this and the one that i subscribe to the most is um buster who's alex uh one of alex's two sons so he has buster and paul we'll learn more about paul later but Buster is rumored to be gay and Stephen may or may not have been his boyfriend, lover, etc. Um, and he could have been killed for a number of reasons. He could have been killed because somebody was in a jealous rage. Um, Buster seems like probably the most normal of all of them, but it, it it's hard to tell. Um, so that doesn't seem very likely, but it does seem likely that maybe um, someone was angry that Buster was gay and wanted to kill his lover um, to get him to not be gay. It's, it's a very, very bizarre, um, situation. And that case has just recently been reopened after, um, all of Alex's controversy with the stage suicide. And so hopefully we'll get more answers there. Hopefully Stephen Smith's family will get more answers. He seemed like such a sweet boy and it's really, really heartbreaking that, um, justice was so unserved in that department. So that's 2015. Um, Next up in 2018, we have Gloria Satterfield, who was the family housekeeper of over two decades. And um, she died after allegedly tripping down the stairs over four dogs. And she didn't die immediately. She was in the hospital for a while. And um, but she did ultimately end up passing away as a result of her injuries. And uh, it was uh, very, very weird. Um, Maggie Murdoch, who is... uh, Paul and Buster's mom and Alex's wife. She was the only person who went and visited Gloria in the hospital when she was dying. And then Alec went to the funeral and he went up to Gloria's two sons and said, Hey, look, I'm going to recommend that you go see this attorney, Corey Fleming. He's going to represent you two in the estate and bring claims in connection with your mother's death. So basically what Alec was suggesting was that Gloria's sons sue him so that they're taken care of and he has insurance so the money won't come out of his pocket. Allegedly there was like almost there's between four and five million dollars on the table from this lawsuit. Um, What he left out when he was suggesting that to the boys that the lawyer Corey Fleming that he was recommending was Alex's best friend and his college roommate. Um, A death settlement of $500,000 $500,000 was approved, but they, the family was never paid one dime and this was settled in 2020. Um, and, uh, so after he, uh, this is, um, their lawyer, Mr. Bland and he, for the glorious sons and, um, he filed a lawsuit this past September on behalf of, uh, her sons and said that he discovered a missing judge's order approving a $4.3 million settlement. The documents were signed by a judge, but never filed. So did Alec get that money? Is he going, was he planning on getting that money? No, nobody knows. But what Alec ended up doing was like filing a separate insurance claim because he had a life insurance policy out on Gloria. Apparently. Um, I don't know if that's been confirmed, but at first it was like, Oh, there's $500,000 that we didn't get. And then it's like, Oh my God, there's 4.3 million, which is, add that all up and that's 
literally like almost $5 million. So on the exact same day that, um, the Satterfields filed the lawsuit against, um, against them, he, uh, their lawyer, um, like basically made a campaign for this and sled announced that they were reopening an investigation into Satterfield's death. Actually, I'm so sorry, not reopening, opening for the first time. There was never an investigation or anything like that. They just took the, um, took the Murdoch's word for it and just went with it. And uh, sled officials, after announcing that they were opening investigations, said that a coroner had recently found inconsistencies surrounding her death. The incident was not reported to the coroner when she died, and there was no autopsy performed at the time. Um, many details of her fall have not been disclosed, and nobody knows who was home at the time of the incident. It's just apparently she tripped over four dogs, fell down the stairs, and died You know, shortly thereafter. So that's just sketchy and, and the money involved, I mean, $5 million is a fuck ton of money and clearly the Murdochs are incredibly driven by money. Okay. So next, this one's very, very sad. Um, this was Mallory beach in 2019. She was 19 years old, um, and friends with Paul, the youngest of the Murdoch sons. Um, okay. So basically there were three couples. Um, there was Connor cook and his cousin, Anthony, they were both there with their girlfriends. Mallory was Anthony's girlfriend. And then Paul and his girlfriend, Miley, were there as well. Um, they're all on his boat. Um, they The Murdochs had a private island. So they took, um, Paul took his dad's boat from the private island to an oyster roast on a neighboring island. And that went from 8 p.m. to midnight. Then they went to uh, downtown on the boat, um, parked it on the waterfront, went to a bar, and ordered a shot with a fake ID. So that was um, Connor and Paul went in and ordered a shot. And apparently, like, whenever Paul would get drunk, he'd kind of really change like his persona, he'd get really crazy, he'd get out of control, he'd start fights. Like, he was so well known for his inappropriate behavior when drunk that he had an alter ego named Timmy and they would say, Oh, Timmy's coming out. Everybody watch out. So Paul was an asshole when he got drunk. So after they take the shot, apparently like Paul was like really motivated to do this. And, um, he'd been drinking all night and he was 19 years old. All of them were, um, the ones that were drinking were underage drinking. I'm not going to act like I haven't done that. However, I was not operating operating a boat like Paul. Um, so they get the shot, they go to, um, go back to the Murdoch home. Paul gets really out of control, starts doing donuts and is speeding, going crazy. Everybody's really, really scared. Anthony and Mallory are huddled together at the back of the boat, afraid for their lives. And, um, Connor takes the wheel from Paul after he's doing the donuts and, um, all the girls who I don't know this for a fact, but they, they, in the stories seem to be the most sober. And Anthony seems to be very sober at this point too. None of them partook in, um, had partaken in the shots that Connor and Paul took. Um, so basically they're huddled together at the back of the boat. All the girls can see this bridge coming. Um, Paul gets mad that Connor took the wheel. So he grabs it back and, um, 
they crash into the bridge. Mallory is um, thrown from the boat. I believe Anthony falls off as well. He gets back to the boat. They're all looking for Mallory. They're freaking out. They call the police. Um, when detectives arrive, the 911 call was so bizarre and all over the place. The woman who took the 911 call, she was asking so many weird questions, like why they were like just not... They, they were like, hey, this girl is literally missing in the water. We're worried that she drowned. And she's just kind of asking all these questions that don't really matter, like where were they going, blah, 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 blah. You ask those questions later. You you try to figure out where they are. They were having a hard time articulating it because they were on the water. I mean, if I went off to the side of the lake that my family vacations on, I would have no idea where I was. I wouldn't know the name of the street or anything. Um, so they're trying to describe the bridge, and the lady's just not making a lot of sense. I don't think that she had any, um, intentions of, of being unhelpful, but she clearly didn't know what to do in that situation. She ended up actually resigning very shortly thereafter from her position at the, um, 911 call center because of how she handled the phone call. So detectives get there and Anthony's immediately like, well, I hope you know who Paul's dad is. He's Alec Murdoch and Paul's untouchable. And Anthony's fucking pissed because his girlfriend's missing. He knows how much this could have been avoided. Him and Paul had been fighting all night. He's angry. He knows exactly what happens and he knows that it's because Paul was driving. So Anthony says that at the very beginning, Connor is on Anthony's side there. Um, they're, they're all saying that Paul was driving. So they're all in the hospital because everybody had had some sort of injury in varying degrees. And, um, Alec went from hospital room to hospital room to tell the kids to get their stories straight. He was saying things like, well, you know, they don't need to know who was driving. You don't have to say anything, blah, 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 blah. Um, just crazy. And like a security guard went on, um, went on record and said that like they overheard, Alec like whispering weird things into the phone like she's gone don't worry like just clearly trying to fucking make like be collusive there um is collusive a word I think so clearly trying to collude anyways so a week later Mallory Beach's body is found really fucking sad um two months later on what would have been her 20th birthday Paul is arrested he pleaded not guilty he pleaded not fucking guilty to three felony counts of boating under the influence. And, um, he was awaiting trial when this next part happened. Um, but he was awaiting trial for almost two years. He got to just go to college. He got to want to run around. I don't know what the bail situation was, but he wasn't in jail. He just got to do whatever the fuck he wanted. And it was almost like it never happened. And it was just sitting on some judge's desk and they had no intention of ever pursuing these felony charges he was awaiting. So it was just this weird indefinite, like, oh yeah, we'll deal with this at some point, even though somebody fucking died. Um, it ends up getting really messy because they sort of, Alec and, and the Murdoch family ended up trying to sort of pin it on Connor Cook and say that he was driving and he was driving for a very brief period of time, but he still was more sober than Paul and was trying to take the wheel to keep everybody safe. Um, but he was not driving when everybody died or when Mallory died and everybody was injured. Um, so Connor Cook ended up filing a lawsuit for investigation into collusion and civil conspiracy after he was blamed as the driver. And um, Mallory Beach's family went after... Um, the Murdochs and in addition to the um, the charges that were you know the felony charges they also went after civil lawsuits and um, they sued Alec Murdoch 
Buster Murdoch, who I'm assuming had provided alcohol for the teenagers at some point, and um, Parker's Convenience Store, which was just a convenience store that sold them alcohol with their fake IDs. So, um, we're going to get into this next and final part, but I mean, tell me this stuff isn't batshit fucking crazy, right? We'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. We are back with the final part of the Murdoch murders for True Crime Christmas. Um, this is where everything goes from just like, oh, an accident, or was Stephen Smith? How did he have anything to do with this? Was it just a hit and run? Were these all just like bizarre accidents that happened? Was Paul just a drunk asshole and something horrible happened? Um, to just like, what the fuck is up with this shit? So in June 2021, so really not even, not even six months ago, um, Maggie and Paul Murdoch are found dead in their hunting lodge, um, next to their dog kennels. They were killed with a semi-automatic assault rifle and a shotgun respectively. So I don't know what importance that has, but it, it does feel odd that they were killed with two different weapons. Were there two different murderers? Why were two different weapons used? Why would you kill somebody with a shotgun and someone with an assault rifle. I mean, you just, you don't need an assault rifle to kill one person. Like there, that's so many bullets. It's just, it's just weird. Um, and, uh, Maggie seemed like a really lovely person. Um, rumor has it, this has not been confirmed, but, um, many rumors have it that six weeks before the murders, Maggie had met with a divorce attorney. So that feels like an important fact to put in here. Um, there 
like Alec was the one to find their bodies and he called and he was freaking out and you know, it was like, they've been shot badly. People get there immediately. They're pronounced dead at the scene. Um, so Duffy Stone, who was the person who had replaced the Murdochs, um, back in 2005 as the 14th circuit solicitor. So the first Murdoch to not hold a position in a hundred years, he ended up recusing himself from the investigation in August. So two months after they passed away because um, of how close he was to the case. And Alec Murdoch had been a person of interest since day one in the murders. Um, I personally don't know how likely that was. I think that um, there was some other enemies at play there, but he was a person of interest, which is why Duffy Stone had to recuse himself. Um, this past September, PMPED, the law firm that um, the Murdochs worked at and ran, um, they investigated Alec after finding a very suspicious check on his desk. Um, a few days later, he was asked to resign. Um, the day after he's asked to resign, he's shot in the head while changing a tire. And he um, calls the police, says he's been badly hurt, and... Uh, somebody just randomly shot him in a drive-by while he was changing a tire on the side of the road. It's apparently a very superficial shotgun wound to the head, which I didn't believe that those existed, but it was already suspicious because there were people in the hospital who never saw the wound. There were people in the hospital who like never saw it like any sort of injury to him. Um, there would have had to be one, but um, you you think, but at this point with SLED and everything happening in Hampton County, you're just like, well, maybe there fucking wasn't because these people are crazy and think that a gunshot wound is a side mirror on a truck. So it quickly falls apart because forensically, none of it makes sense. Um, the angle at which he shot, it, I mean, people can figure this out really quickly. And so it comes out that um, Curtis Smith who is, I believe, very distantly related to Stephen Smith. Um, but he is related by, um, I think, cousin once removed or something like that um, to the Murdochs. And uh, he actually was the gunman, and it turns out he was hired by Alec Murdoch to stage a murder, stage a homicide. He was paid for it, and um, it was so that Buster, the only other surviving member of the Murdoch nuclear family there, um, so that he could get a $10 million insurance policy from his dad. And it came to light as well that Alec had been dealing with an Oxycontin addiction for about 20 years, which Oxycontin is very expensive. And um, we're actually going to get into that on um, one of the other episodes of True Crime Christmas, just the whole thing with the Sackler family. But Oxycontin is very, very expensive. That's why a lot of people end up turning to heroin because it is so much cheaper and your, you know, drug dealers start to have a harder time getting their hands on oxy and whatnot. So what this seems to me is that if a very wealthy man was addicted to Oxycontin um, and uh, barbiturate, barbiturates, yes, um, if he was addicted to those for a long time, long period of time, like 20 years, he would have been really well acquainted with drug dealers. He probably would have had to use a bunch because Oxy became harder and harder to find during that time period as um, the government cracked down. And so I just think 
he probably ended up at in the middle of some drug stuff. And I think that he was both clamoring to keep money because he knew that he had all these lawsuits coming. He knew he'd stolen money from the company and he was getting really desperate to continue his um, drug habits and also to keep up with the mounting charges and suspicions around them. The Gloria Satterfield thing was super suspicious. I mean, if you add up everything that this guy could have lost, it would, I mean, we know that the, he got $5 million or was going to get $5 million from the Gloria Satterfield um, lawsuit that he got against himself, which is still weird. And we also know that he'd stolen, he'd end up stealing millions from PMPD. So he had a lot of money issues. And so money issues and drugs tend to drive people um, to crime like that. But Mur- Murdoch has tried to have the Satterfield um, case dismissed. It's just not going to happen. But um, in to my point about this continually developing, um, I'd already started working on this episode, and a week ago he was indicted on two dozen financial crimes. So all of this is still happening. I could have more by next week. I mean, this is why um, Mandy... Matney has an entire podcast on this because there's still so much I've not been able to fit in this episode. And this is obviously a very long episode of too much to say. So Alec at this time has been indicted on more than two dozen financial crimes by a state grand jury, um, with schemes to defraud victims of, and thereafter launder nearly $5 million in five different counties. Um, it ended up being a total of 27 charges against him. Uh, he had four counts of breach of trust with fraudulent intent, seven counts of obtaining signature or property by false pretenses, seven counts of money laundering, eight counts of computer crimes, and one count of forgery. The majority of the indictments center on cases and victims not previously known to the public, like a highway patrolman injured in the line of duty from whom prosecutors allege Murdoch stole settlement money for his own personal use for expenses, including but not limited to overdraft fees, cash, and checks written to associates. So that's a that's a whole other victim. Um, but the point was the highway patrolman who was injured in the line of duty. It was not by Murdoch. He was injured by, you know, just anybody. And PMPED was doing the lawsuit. And so Murdoch just kept some of the settlement money for himself because why wouldn't you when a fucking law enforcement official is injured on the job? Um, what an asshole, right? I mean, taking money from like serious victims and, and, you know, Gloria's sons. And I mean, all of them were, were people who'd actually gone through horrible things. I mean, Mallory Beach's family lost their 19 year old daughter. They're never going to get to see her get married. They're never going to get to see her graduate college. Like there's so many legitimate victims here. And it's, it's very, it's very sad that Maggie and Paul Murdoch were murdered as well in such a terrible way. Um, I mean, even Mallory Beach's family, you know, extended their condolences to Paul because they were like, listen, we know that like Mallory died when he was at the wheel, um, but we still didn't want him to get murdered. So I think the Beach family, they briefly were under investigation for um, having a role in Maggie and Paul's murder, but um, they uh, like they didn't they were completely cleared of all charges and all suspicions. And like, they had absolutely nothing to do with their murder and it's been confirmed. All of them had airtight, um, 
alibis, all of them completely, um, completely and immediately allowed questioning. And we're like, yeah, no, we, we didn't do it. We'll talk to you about anything because we had nothing to do with this. So state attorneys allege that Alec Murdoch defrauded and laundered $792,000 in Bamberg County, $125,000 in Orangeburg County, $70,000 in Colleton County, which is the county that um, Stephen Smith was found um, dead in, and uh, $383,000 in Allendale County, and $3.4 million in Beaufort County. And the multi-million dollar sum in Beaufort County is related to the previously reported wrongful death settlement with the family of the Murdoch's family housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. Um, he's being held without bond. He has petitioned that they're like, no, we're not letting you go. You literally tried to kill yourself for insurance money. Clearly you have nothing to lose and we're just not going to let you out of our sight. So he's in solitary confinement under very, um, heavy surveillance and he's just, he's not going anywhere. Um, and this was the official statement by the Satterfield family after addressing last week's indictments. And they said, the Satterfield family is grateful to law enforcement for their continued efforts in the investigation of the facts and circumstances surrounding the death of Gloria Satterfield and the egregious breaches of trust and theft committed upon her sons. The additional indictments brought today in connection with the crimes committed against Gloria and her sons, as well as apparently others, are welcome, long overdue, and were appropriately brought. Um, they continued in the statement, of course, Mr. Murdoch is entitled to his presumption of innocence into his rights under the criminal process. For now, however, it seems that the statewide grand jury was as unimpressed with his opioid defense and other explanations given as we have been. As always, we are steadfastly in the Satterfield corner and committed to seeing these matters to the end. Ultimately, we will entrust a judge or jury to let us know when the Satterfields have received their full cup of justice, not Alec Murdoch or his attorneys. I mean, they trusted Alec and his attorneys one time and lost almost $5 million. Um, and also, Alec is featuring uh, or facing several lawsuits in civil court, and um, one is from PMPED, and uh, yeah, very, very awful, very sad. Um, and he's been charged with insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and filing false release reports. So this man has so many charges up against him, and it's um, very, very bizarre. Um, Alec has maintained his innocence in Paul and Maggie's killings. I think that drugs probably pay, played a role in that, specifically drug dealers, cartels, who knows? Clearly this man was in over his fucking head. And uh, where was all that money going? Because he was making so much. And, and that's what is the biggest mystery here is why, why were these people being killed? Why did they need why did he need so much more, so much money if he already had so much money? Like you have to get in deep financial shit as a millionaire to need to start laundering millions more dollars because millions of dollars don't just disappear. And I even think that that's a lot of money to expect, um, to have just gone to opioids as well. Like there had to be some other stuff. Maybe it was gambling. Maybe it was, I mean, who fucking knows? It's really, really sad. There's been so many victims and, um, I hope I did this like episode well with respecting the victims and their families, because that's another thing about true crime that bothers me is a lot of times it seems like stuff is so sensationalized that there's no empathy or respect for the victims or their families. I mean, I think a lot of stuff with Gabby Petito got, um, people cross boundaries and lines and, and all of that. And I just I hope I did this justice. Um, I really, really recommend checking out the Murdoch Murdoch, the Murdoch Murders podcast by Mandy Matney. She does an incredible job and um, it's a lot more thorough than I am. She also uh, 
her research is extensive, Anna. If I made any factual um, errors, then I'm very sorry. Um, and they probably should have given this disclosure at the beginning just so nobody sues me, but there may have been factual errors given the fact that I am simply a wannabe investigative journalist, but highly recommend looking to Matney for the facts. Um, she's great. And, uh, but I do think, I do think I did it all right. I just want to, I just am like, hmm, maybe I could get sued for this. I don't know. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I will keep you posted if there's any crazy updates in this, but, um, it is one of the most bizarre true crime things I've seen happen and it's happening in real time. So, uh, join me next week for part two of true crime Christmas. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Shore and this is too much to say. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.